Good morning, everyone, and uh, it's so good to see you. Thank you, everyone, uh, joining us online today. And do us a favor, please, right now, try and invite friends and family. Just invite them to church. I believe that God has given the church uh, a unique opportunity to actually win souls now because uh, most of the time we, we, we live in the day and an age that some people are even forgetting that there used to be uh, an age and a season when there was no internet. So your evangelism actually start, your evangelism 101 starts right now. And secondly, I'm trusting God that we will not suffer Netflix effect. And uh, some might be saying, okay, which one has Pastor brought again this morning? I attended a seminar, uh, online seminar. I just watched a seminar online uh, this week uh, gone by. And it was uh, leaders, uh, church leaders, who were talking about a huge percentage of people are beginning to treat. Uh, the first lockdown in March, it was good. Zoom, Facebook, everything, everybody were just, you know, it was great. But by the second and the third lockdown, some people are beginning to suffer Netflix effect. And they're beginning to actually put the church service on to-do later list. And so it's becoming like, oh, I like that. Number one in the UK film thing, I'll watch it later. And church, people are no longer engaging with church. That whether I'm in the comfort of my house or I'm in my PJ or in my suit, whatever it is that I do, I am supposed to be in church. And when I am in church, I engage with church. It's not the same time to have my laptop and I'm watching football on one side and watching church on one side, or I know I'm talking to someone right now. Mm, yeah, it's you. Uh, I, it, it's not that, okay, uh, doing a bit of roast and chicken and all of that, and I'm watching. I don't have any problem about you having your coffee, but let's engage with God wherever we are right now so that it's not a Netflix effect that we are dealing with. Uh, I want to talk to you this morning about what I've called uh, the process of purposeful momentum. Now, I took a break last week, um, so this is not really new. I, what, I talked about the algorithm of a purposeful momentum, and I was supposed to do a second part of that last, uh, last week. But I, uh, I kind of took a break because I wanted to talk about alignment, uh, realizing that I don't want to start to run uh, I don't want you to run this year. I want you to finish strong. I'll repeat that. I don't want you to run. The same way I believe God wants me to tell you that he doesn't want you to just run. God wants you to finish strong. So many people will run this year. Unfortunately, they won't finish strong. Uh, I'm not cursing people. It's a fact. And the things that will help you not to uh, just run, but to finish strong. Those are the things I'm taking my time to actually talk to you because I could tell you about how to make momentum with regards to money, how to make momentum with regards to business ideas, how to make momentum concerning your strategy, your logistics, and your relationship. But the things that will actually help you to finish strong, not just run, but finish strong, those are the things I felt we, first of all, had to deal with before we start uh, running too fast into the year. Because in Mark 8, 36, Mark 8, 36, Jesus said, What shall he profit a man, having gained the old world, that he loses his soul? That 
what's the point? <laughs> what's the point of you doing so well and doing so uh, brilliantly? And at the end of the day, you can tell, wow, I, I made more money this year. Wow, at the end of the day, I got promoted this year. But at the end of the day, you lost family. You lost your soul. You lost your relationship in the process. What's the point? What, what have you actually, you've actually lost everything. So it's important for us that as we aspire to progress, to elevate, to accelerate, to be lifted up this year, it's equally important that we remain aligned with God, that we remain securely connected to God. And that's why John the Beloved, I mean, John the Beloved was praying for Elder Gales in 3 John verse 2, 3 John verse 2, that I pray that you prosper that is, the word prosperity means, I pray that in all areas of your life, that you're both productive and fruitful. Productivity means I'm able to achieve my set goals. Fruitfulness means I'm becoming a better person. I'll break that down to you. Productivity means I'm able to achieve my set goals. I'm able to meet all my targets. I'm able to, you know, take all my to-do lists. I'm able to achieve all the things. Maybe I'm a cameraman or I'm a, a cinematographer. I, I'm able to actually, um, you know, go to the next level training, go to the next level uh, uh, seminars, being able to acquire certain equipment and gadgets that I wanted to do. Or maybe I'm a school teacher. I'm able to, this year, I've been able to get promoted. I've been able to achieve outstanding in terms of my feed, the feedback from my line manager. I'm a nurse. I've been able to actually move from just an ordinary ward nurse to becoming a matron this year. Or maybe I'm a, I'm a project manager. I'm not just a project manager. I've now become a program manager because now I'm able to oversee business analysts. I'm able to see project managers. I'm able to see projects that are coming in multi. So I'm able to actually go forward. That's productivity. You set target, you're achieving them. But people may be productive without being fruitful. And I'm trusting God that the people that God is helping us to raise will be people that are constantly productive and eternally fruitful. Tweet that. People who are constantly productive and that is who you should aspire to be. Someone who is constantly productive and someone who is eternally fruitful. That is all areas of your life. You're winning and you're becoming a better person. That success and productivity, success and elevation is not making you a worse version of yourself. That because you're your big man now, God doesn't even, God even has to book appointment to talk to you. You might think that's funny, but it's not. So, that's why it's important that we align with God, that we stay secure, like Jesus said to us in John chapter 15, that when you are in me and my word is in you, you will be productive. You will be productive and you will be fruitful. Praise the Lord. So, uh, we look at the process of uh, purpose momentum, or if you if you prefer, algorithm of a purposeful momentum part two. Text is taken from Mark chapter four. Very interesting story. Because why this is interesting is Jesus was showing us, and that's why I love the way we ended the praise break. Jesus was showing us warfare. For those of you that thought that Jesus was a posh guy, 
uh, go and read the Bible properly. <laughs> uh, he, he, I mean, he went to London School of Economics and Jesus could break things down about, you know, the, the GDP of a nation and look at fiscal study of a nation and bring that into the policy and bring that into political decision, bring that into, bring that into anything. He, he, but when it comes to warfare, don't mess with Jesus. Uh, he's, when it comes to warfare, he, 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 he doesn't plague to the gallery. And so in Mark chapter 4, from verse 35, the Bible says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Let's stop there for a minute. There was a purpose. There was a reason why Jesus said, let's cross over to the other side. Because if you read the Bible from verse 1 to verse 34 of that Mark chapter 4, he spends considerable time talking to people about the state of their heart. He started by talking about the parable of the sower. And he said, a sower goes forth, casting forth, and Jesus spent a good quality time telling people that when God gives us promises and when God gives us his word, and that there are four ways that we re relate or react to the word of God. Some of us react to the word of God from a wayside mindset. The wayside mindset is that there are other things that are taking place and happening in your life. That the word that God is sending into your life is just one of the many information that's coming into your life. And that's why I'm quite wary of this time. Believe me. And I'm trying to not even join and watch a lot of uh, events, event freeze, Zoom, seminar, because there's a lot of information that's coming and a lot of meetings taking place that people are not taking time to wait in silence any longer. Too much information available. And I get it. We're learning things, you know, things you will have paid to go for. You're learning it. But it's eroding into quiet time. There's, there's avalanche of social media. There's avalanche of to-do, avalanche of this seminar, this podcast. It, it, it's brilliant if it is approached with wisdom. Everybody is getting into doing something now. And I'm wondering, are we really tuning into the Spirit to know that this should be a good time to actually wait and say, Lord, what, what are you actually saying at this period that everything is being shut down? What, what are you saying? But we're just feeling the, the, the silence, the fact that I'm not going to work. I'm as well just feel that with, you know, catch up on Netflix, finish three series, and I, I'm also guilty of some of that. So don't think, don't think that, oh, it's... No, no, I'm also... The man in the mirror is standing right here now. That we're filling the gap with Netflix series, filling the gap with podcasts, filling the gap with Zoom seminar. So Jesus started by telling us the state of our mind, that there is a wayside mindset. And that's the, the mindset whereby when the sower cast a seed and the seed fell on the wayside because there's so much information. The seed is mixing with Zoom and Netflix and Facebook and all kinds of things taking place. And because of that, the seed did not prosper. Because the seed was not approached with the mindset of this is the word of the Lord. I need to take time out and ponder on this seed and let it minister to my spirit. The seed just fell among Zoom, Netflix, and the rest, which you know. And then he identified a second type of mindset. And it is called the stony heart mindset. 
And it is those who are not regenerated. They're those who have their mind is already fixed. There's nothing you tell them. They already knew what they wanted to do. There's nothing God is saying to them. They, don't, they know what they wanted to do because their social lifestyle, everything about them came as a result of either the class system they belong to, the status they've acquired, or because of the hurt they've suffered. The class system they belong to, the status they've acquired, or the hurt they've suffered. And so they've developed a stone in heart that regardless of what the pastor says, regardless of what God says, even if an angel came down from heaven and said something, they still not believe it. Sometimes people assume that, you know, if only pastor just, if only pastor would just tell me, I, I would believe. That's not true. I've confronted people so many times with the scriptures and still they've not changed. Because information does not bring transformation. It takes a revelation for anyone to be transformed. Information never, I mean, do you know how many times atheists? I've listened to uh, Dr. Dawkins, Professor Dawkins, talked about the Bible so many times. They, in fact, the, the, the head of biblical studies for University of Exeter, uh, she annoyed me big time last week. Uh, really, really annoyed me. Um, she's a professor, uh, what's her name? I'm not even giving her audience now. I mean, she annoyed me big time because she, she was telling me that my Bible is not real. And I thought, what? But the truth is this. So many people read the Bible, but they did not become converted. So Jesus identified the stone in heart. And then he identified the thorn in heart. The, the thing about the thorn in heart, it, actually, let me go back a little bit beats the stony heart. The Bible says they received the word, but the word, it was as if the word was going to prosper. But the word died after a while because the word, there was no soil. If you know a little bit about geography, you know that through the weathering system, the rock breaks down and becomes soil. It means that the people that has a stony mindset, these are people that have not read the Bible in John 12, 24, that unless you die, Unless a corn of wheat dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, it brings forth much fruit. That these are people that have not died to self. There's still the element of me, mine, and myself taking precedence in most aspects of their life. And as a result of that, the word of God has not prospered in their life. Every believer, one of the prayers you should pray every day is, Lord, help me to die to self on a daily basis. Lord, let me die to self so that Christ may live through me. That should be our prayer daily. And so, the thorny Christian are those that the Bible says, the word of God was sown into their heart. I don't know why I'm taking so much time on the sower, but I just feel that God wanted me to speak to someone this morning. The word of God was sown into their heart. But the Bible says, the word did not profit because of the cares of this world. There's a need to, I need to make more money. I need to, I need to, oh, come on, I, I need to big up. I mean, I need to upscale. Come on. I mean, 2020, you know, I, I, just, I, just, I just need to just upscale. People need to just know that something, you know, not just because you're, you're selfish or you're doing it, it's because you're just thinking, look, listen, my, my friends are 
moving on in life. I need to also upscale. I need to do something different, which is, which is brilliant. Ambition is great. I mean, it's God put ambition and desire and dominion in us. But the Bible says these people became so focused on these things that the word of God did not profit them. The cares of this world. How am I going? I need to get married. I need to have children. I need to buy property. I need to, and because of that, they lose sight. And that's why I'm warning us that during this time, yes, by all means, attend all the seminars. By all means, enjoy being at home with your loved ones. But please don't lose sight of fellowship with God. And then Jesus identified the fourth group. That is, they are the people whose mind is open to the word of God. They are ambitious. They want to make progress in our state of life. They want to be better husband, better father. They want to be better spouse, better wife, better partner. They want to be better professionals. They want to do things differently. They want to start a charity organization. They want to start a movement that will bring about change. Change in the life of children who have suffered sexual abuse or sexual assault. Change in the life of people who are being persecuted within the society. They want to bring about a different algorithm to how to solve problems in IT industry. God is working through them to do something new. But despite the fact that there are lions in the boardroom, there's still lamb in the secret place. Their heart is so open to God. That despite every achievement they are going for. So don't think because you, you want to spend time with God, it means that you have to be poor or you, it means that you have to be a failure. No, you can be a lion and yet a lamb. And that's what God is calling us into. So Jesus spent a good quality of time talking about the state of the heart, talking about the seed of the word of God. And then suddenly, in verse 35, Jesus said, Let's cross over to the other side. And I pray that you will be sensitive to the timing of God. That one of the process of, God, of momentum, which I'll get to in a, in a moment, is defining what to do at different times. And Jesus was already, enjoying, I mean, people were gathering, revival was taking place. And suddenly Jesus said, it's time to cross over. It's time to journey. I've been around here for a while. Yes, I've made impact here. But it's time to move. It's time to go into something new. It's time to go and answer the call of God. It's time to go into something that God is calling me into. Purpose call right now. Eternal goal calls right now. I've been in this place for too long. Yes, I might have accumulated a lot of trophies. I might have accumulated a lot of applause. But it's time to go forward. And so it said, uh, now when they had led the multitude, Mark chapter 4. Now when they have left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also about him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In verse 39, the Bible says, Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea. I, I, I love that place. He, he arose. He rebuked the, the wind and said to the sea. Now, 
I said to you when I came here, and I was so I was super excited because it was setting the platform for what I had in mind to, to say today, that God is trying to teach us certain principle about spiritual warfare. That we as a people, please write this down, that God is teaching us that to take authority over what is unstable, you need to discern and recognize and rebuke what is invincible. To take authority... To prevail over what is unstable, to prevail over what is challenging, to prevail over what is dominating or what is confronting, you need to, number one, you need to discern, you need to recognize, and you need to rebuke what is invincible. Because so many times we rush it, and, and I think people who are matured spiritually, they knew this. Sometimes, you know, you can know where people are by the way they pray. You, you, you can know what they don't understand. Even by the way they talk about the things of God, you, you, you discern what they don't understand. Jesus taught us right here that there are times that we, we rush to actually deal with certain issues because we, we took them at face value. Uh, at work or at home or in your relationship. You're taking them at face value. But Jesus was teaching us that there are times that something, what is behind what you're dealing with is bigger than what you're actually dealing with. And so a Christian that will make momentum this year will be a Christian that's also ready for warfare. When we come to church, we come for three things. Everyone say three things. In fact, it's WW. We come to, we come for the worship. We come for the warfare and we come for the word of God. We come for worship, we come for warfare, and we come for the word of God. So if you miss worship, you've already missed one third of church. And if you if you distracted during praying, you've made the second half of the second third of the word of God. So we come to worship. When we come to worship, it is earth to heaven. And then when it's designed for the word, it is heaven to earth. And when it's time for warfare, it is again earth back to heaven. It's like the angels ascending and descending upon the ladder of Jacob. We come to worship, we come for the word, and we come to warfare. And so Jesus was teaching us that in order to take authority over what is unstable, we need to discern, recognize, and rebuke what is invincible. Probably, probably, probably. Maybe the marital issue you're having right now has got nothing to do with your love language or your husband's love language. Probably. Maybe it's got nothing to do even with your upbringing. Maybe it's got something to do with the fact that both of you, there is a recognition in the kingdom of hell, that God has called you into something bigger than where you are right now. And it's becoming quite difficult for both of you to agree together. Because hell knew that when you both agree together and you walk in dominion and authority, God is going to use you to liberate so many people. Maybe the reason why you're facing so much attack and and, and uh and resistance at work right now is because when you are in position, God was going to, God will use you to bring about so much change and transformation in that organization that will bring about total deliverance in the lives of that organization. Maybe. And so you're looking at your line manager 
and you're thinking that they, they, they're treating you badly because you're black. Have you looked at yourself in the mirror? Yeah, we know you're black. But it's not because you're black. It's not because you're short. It's not because you're a woman or because you're a man working amongst women or anything. I need you to go on your knees and ask God, what is the wind behind this storm? Because when I recognize the wind behind this storm, I know where to pray. When I finish dealing with the wind, I only need to speak to the sea and the sea will listen. Don't be Christians that only read things by the book. I'm not saying play dirty, but we don't play by the book. We only play by the word. When I recognize, when I go on my knee and ask, Lord, show me the wind behind the storm. And I recognize the wind behind the storm. I rebuke the wind from the place of authority, from the vantage place of authority. I rebuke the wind behind the marital problem. I rebuke the wind behind the addiction problem. I rebuke, the, and I'm not saying don't take responsibility. This is not a kind of hard determinism, uh, you know, libertarianism theory. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I, I take authority where I should take authority. I rebuke the wind behind everything that's contrary to the will of God. Then I come and do my my own due diligence and speak to the sea. Sometimes speaking to the sea might be engaged in a new skill. Sometimes speaking to the sea might mean having conversation with someone. Sometimes it might be forgiving someone. Sometimes it might be having to go to someone and ask for advice. We rebuke the wind and we speak to the sea. And so Jesus was teaching us about this warfare. And so, today I've got a few minutes, and I'm going to just give you quickly five things that you need to recognize as the process of a purposeful momentum. Five things that you need to know quickly as process of a purposeful momentum. Number one is define what to pursue. In 2021, you need to define what to pursue. Some things are not worth pursuing. End of story. In fact, this is the place I should drop the mic and leave. That some things are not worth pursuing. Some men are not worth pursuing. They're, they're just not worth it. Some ladies are not worth pursuing. It's, they, they are just a waste of time for you. They might be a gain of time for somebody else, but for you, she's a waste of time. Some men are not worth pursuing. Tweet that. that <laughs> Because if he doesn't appreciate you and he's thinking that he's God's gift to you since sliced bread, tell him where to go and jump, to leave. Because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Don't let any man make you feel less. You are gorgeous. Look, God, find a mirror right now and just look at it and say, wow, God, you did that over time on me. I'm not asking you to be vain. But God made you beautiful. Define what to pursue. It's not every career that you can pursue. I, I remember I wanted to be an engineer. I wanted to be this. It's not every career that you can pursue. It's not every training that you can pursue. And I'm not saying don't learn. Read wide. But be mindful of what you focus on. Jesus understood that he had spent the first 34 Verses, talking to people, teaching them. I mean, it's just for uh, 34 verses, but it, it was hours. He had spent time talking to people about the state of their heart, about how we should approach the word of God, the kingdom of God. And suddenly he decided, 
It's time to move. It's time to go into something else. Right, okay, let's do a bit of math. Jesus was talking to thousands, I'm talking about tens of thousands of people. And he left it because he was going to talk to one man. Wow. He left talking to tens of thousands of people because he was going to cross the, the sea to go and talk to one man. You need to define in 2021 what to pursue. Because there are things that might look really profitable. But for you, it's not for your call. There are things that other people might be running into. In fact, there's big money there. Like seriously big money. But you need to define what to pursue. You need to define what would God want me to do. Remember I said uh, at the first part of the algorithm of purposeful momentum that you need to define the how, the why, the when, and the, the, the where. You need to define what to pursue. Because if we, I, I, I was so excited when the Holy Spirit laid this on my heart. Said, if we make life only about what makes us happy, we have lost the meaning of purpose. If you make life only about what makes you happy, if you make life only about what tickles your fancy, if you make life only about what you are happy and excited about, You've lost the meaning of purpose. If you make marriage only about when I am romantically stimulated and when I'm romantically uh, feeling fulfilled, you've lost the purpose of what marriage is all about. We don't, it, love is not a feeling or an emotion. It is a decision. We don't, we don't, we don't feel you know, about loving. No. It doesn't matter whether he snores too much and he wakes the, I mean, don't snore too much. It, it doesn't matter whether he snores and wakes the neighbors up or maybe, maybe when, when you met her, she used to be like something that just stepped out of, you know, uh, like of magazine. Now she's looking like something that doesn't step out of magazine. But hello, we've been at home and it is, I mean, COVID has made everyone look at home. I know, you know, then she was size eight. Now she's size 16. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You still have to decide to love. When you used to date, you used to go to a restaurant. You used to go take all the takeaway, and you didn't know that she couldn't even cook to save her life. Now you're married, and you found out that all the food you've been eating in their house, it's her mom that's been cooking them. But her mom have only been asking her to serve it to you. And you were mistaken because you were so in love, you didn't know. That it was her mom cooking it. And now you knew. I mean, you finally, the scale dropped now. That she can't cook to save her life. You still have to decide to love. Because we don't, love is not about feeling and emotion in relationship. It is about intentional decision. That regardless of whether this is working or not, I will Make everything possible. I will do my own bit to make sure this relationship works. Define what to pursue. Because Jesus knew he wasn't just making a ride, a boat ride. He knew he was on his way to cause a movement. He left tens of thousands of people to go and deliver a demon-possessed man. One man. He left ten thousands. To go and deliver one man. And I'll get to that one man. Because Jesus knew that even though on the outside he looked like an ordinary one man. But that one man 
was going to cause a revival that would bring 10 cities. May God give us understanding that it's not always about the quantity of what we see right now. Because after a while, the quantity of what we see right now may not mean anything later. But it's always about the purpose of what we identify right now. Because that thing that we identify right now and decide to pursue right now, that thing may, the ripple effect of that thing may bring generational fulfillment. Do not destroy the future because of the pain of today. Don't. Do not destroy where you're going because of where you are today. Because it's not always about what we see. It's always about what is available before us. And so Jesus understood that. And the first process of momentum that Jesus did was to define what to pursue. I'm rounding up now and I'll continue this next Sunday by, by God's grace. I've, I've only just touched one and there's still four. <clears throat> so he wasn't just making a boat ride and he was on his way to transform someone. Define what to pursue in 2021. Define the integrity to pursue. Define the quality of life to pursue. Define a better relationship to pursue. Let's not make it about, remember what I said. If life is all about what makes us happy, if life is always about what makes us excited, if life is always what we, about our preference, then we have lost the, per, the meaning of the purpose of life. Because there will be times that you will intentionally decisively define certain things and pursue them even though on the outside it does not appear as if it is something that makes you happy. But it is something that will make you feel fulfilled. And that's why I'm saying in relationship, love is not a feeling. Love is a decision. In career progression, hard work is not an option. It's a lifeline. In relationship with people, loving them, submitting to them, respecting and honoring them, it's not a matter of choice. It's a matter of intentional decision because there will be times that people will do you bad, but yet you still choose to love them. And that's why some of you might be thinking that maybe I'm from Ice Age or from Stone Age. When I talk about... The issue that I have about when people talk about, you know, self-love, do your thing, girl. I, I, I'm thinking that read the Bible properly. In fact, there's a new slang now, do you. Where did you see that in the Bible? And can I, can I sound this to you that there will be, and, and I kept re reminding people that there's nothing that's happening now that has not already been mentioned in the Bible. That a time will come that people will be choosing teachers for themselves. And their ears will only be open to the things that excite them. And of course, pastors, we have the responsibility to make sure that we engage people and we're practical with the lifestyle. Not just, we should not, the, the church should not be answering the questions that the world is not asking. The church should be answering the questions that the world is asking. But let's be mindful 
that the purpose of life is not just about what makes us happy. We need to define what to pursue. You need to define what exactly do you want to pursue about career, about your relationship, about your relationship with God. What would you like to pursue this year? So that you're not just running and you're just catching. Um, I, I can't remember. There's one of these games that my children play. And you jump and you're, you're hitting all the coin along the way. And, you know, as you're hitting the coin, your lifeline is getting. That's not how life, that, that's only on games. That's not how it works in real life. You don't just jump around and hitting all the coins. And hoping that if you do that, you will die before your time. You need to define what to pursue in the year 2020. And I challenge you today, bring out the pen and the paper and write down spiritual, economic, relationship. No, actually it should be spiritual, relationship, economic, lifestyle. What would I like to pursue this year? And define them. And when you write them down, the Bible says, the plan of a diligent man leads to increase. When you finish defining them, bring them before God. And say, these are the things that I would like to pursue. Which one of them is not in line with your will? Father, we just thank you this morning. We come before you knowing that your plan and your purpose for us, there are thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give us hope and expected end. Help us, dear Lord, to define, to discern the seasons and the times that we're in, like Jesus discerned the seasons and the time. Help us to understand the process and the purpose and the procedure of warfare. The process, the purpose, and the procedure of warfare. So that whether we are in the boardroom, in the bedroom, or in the marketplace, or on the street, we operate like victors and not victims. Lord, we ask that you will break the stones of our heart so that our heart is ready for the seed of the word. We ask, dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, help us, Lord, to be focused with regard to our mind so that we don't have the wayside mindset that there's so much that the world is struggling with. Lord, take the thorns out of our mind, the thorns of care, the thorns of unfulfilled prayer points, the thorns of the cares of this world, the thorns of ambition, the thorns of other things that choke life out of the word that you're sending to us, the thorn of greed that choke life out of the things you're sending to our life. Make our hearts to be a good soil that a seed of God's word can be implanted. And we ask today, dear Lord, as we look at the process of a purposeful momentum, help us to define what to pursue this year. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I pray for revelation. Because the Bible says there is a way that seems good to a man, but the end of it is destruction. I pray for every one of my brothers and my sisters and everyone watching us online that you will release the revelation of the things that you will want us to achieve and to pursue this year. The association that we should be part of, 
the network that we should join with. Because alignment is not just about being with you, dear Lord. Alignment is also bringing us into connection with the helpers of destiny. Will you, dear Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see the people that you want us to run with this year? Will you please open our eyes to see the skills that we should pursue this year? There was a time that everything was just about a particular skill, shortage uh, uh, skills. But things are changing every day. But Lord, nothing changes with you because you know the end of a thing from beginning thereof. Will you please show us skills that will be relevant even in 10 years' time? Will you please show us positions and the career pursuits, the abilities and the, the necessary strategy that will still be relevant 10 years down the line. We give you all the glory and all the praise. Will you say with me as we go today, in the name of the Lord Jesus, as I align and connect with God this year, my human weakness will give way for his divine fitness. I will maintain purposeful momentum. I will ascend above limitations. I will not suffer mental exhaustion. Neither will I experience emotional depletion. Because I have set the Lord always before me, and because he is at my right hand, I will not be defeated. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you now and forevermore in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. I'll see you next week.